Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 205. Hi, how are ya? Thanks for whacking me in your ears. We're going to spend some time together. Uh, grab yourself a drink, head out for a walk, uh, or maybe we're taking a drive together. However we're spending this time together, I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Uh, you're going to hear my dog clip-clopping, clip-clopping, <laughs> probably in the background. Uh, the last few podcast episodes or intros I've done, Hank has uh, starred in the background, if you listen closely, because it's really hot. He likes to go from the sun uh, out on the balcony and then he'll come inside, out, in, out, in, out, in. And then he clip-clops on the floor. So if you can hear some clip-clopping in the background, that's Hank. Uh, he just got back from a walk with uh, Caitlin, his dog walker. So now he's going to have a nap. And it's Wednesday. It's podcast day. So I've just been prepping... Uh, for a bunch of podcasts all morning, just writing some notes, doing some editing, uh, reaching out to potential future guests, which is very cool, and sending sending some invitations uh, to come on the Warrior School podcast. I love Wednesdays. I just love them. Uh, I love, actually, I was like fiddling around trying to get my mic for some reason it just is a little wacky uh, when I'm trying to connect it up to uh, Garage Band, and I was like, just getting a little bit frustrated. Uh, and I was just saying to Carson, I feel like I'm just wasting time. And he said, you're not wasting time, love. Like this is such an amazing asset that you're building. And it's true. You know, I really love waking up on Wednesday mornings, knowing that I get to do a full day of podcast work. It's very cool. It's really cool. It's cool when you get to do what you want to do. You get to do what you love. So here I am. Here we are doing what we love. Well, hopefully you're doing what you love uh, today, right now. We're going to talk about stress. Uh, I think I've spoken about it before on the podcast. I definitely know that I've spoken about my red umbrella analogy, which I'm going to bring back today. And I've had guests speak about stress before on the podcast. And so I've popped what I think are the relevant podcasts or previous podcast episodes in the show notes so you can find some of those relevant podcasts on stress there. Don't forget about the show notes. There's some cool things in the show notes, uh, like my link to download my free body weight strength program, which I know I haven't mentioned uh, in a while, but I do have that there available. So if you are thinking about getting back into training after having some time off, or you're interested in bodyweight strength training, uh, check her out, download her. 
she is a 12-week program that teaches you about body weight strength training. So that's there in the show notes. And you'll also find relevant podcasts based on the topic from my library of over 200 now, which is super cool. So yes, it's an asset. It's an asset that I am building uh, and she's going to be big, which I love. It makes me think of a call that we did inside Creator Club, which is my business coaching membership, which I talk about all the time. (laughs) I think I talk about Creator Club as much as I talk about Warrior School. It's a powerful um, program. Uh, So we did this call and John, my business coach, made us draw, uh, I think it was like a grid. So a vertical line, a horizontal line. I'm pretty sure maybe I've even spoken about this before. But one of the activities that we did with this grid was to write down things that we could do now that would provide value for us in the future. So future value. And then the second part of that activity was looking at things that we're currently doing that provide no value or really low value right now. So potentially, you know, things like spending too much time on social media, distraction, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But I really love this idea of thinking about what is something that you can start to do now that you're not going to see the immediate result or outcome or benefit. Uh, You're not going to see that shiny object (laughs) right now, but you're building it for your future. Uh, You know, that second life that you want to create where you have loads of energy, you have this insane strength, you are in a body that you love, you're confident, you're powerful, that's that's the second life that I'm talking about. Uh, so what is something that you can do now that will become a future asset for yourself? So for example, uh, if I look at my business, part of my world, it's my podcast. So I, I started that four years ago and four years later, I have you know, this is episode 205. So I have 205 episodes, resources, you know, assets on particular topics. I've created and built very powerful relationships with all of the guests that have been on the Warrior School podcast. So developing relationships has been another powerful outcome of this project. Uh, Helping more women. So over the last, especially over the last year or so, the reach of the podcast is so much bigger. Uh, And so I get to help more women because they're listening to the podcast. Hi, (laughs) you're listening. Uh, And so I think it's something really cool to think about. What can I do today? What can I start right now that I may not see the benefit of it for another four years 
And I know that scares a lot of you or that blows a lot of your minds because you're like, nope, I want to do something and I want the result now. (laughs) Uh, Carson's very much like that. We were actually, I was on a call with a warrior and we were just talking about just the differences uh, between our, you know, lovers and ourselves. And one of the big differences, and I think Carson and I spoke about this on our podcast together. He wants things now, <laughs> like he has an idea. He's a, he's a dreamer. He lives, you know, in this dreamland. No, <laughs> he's also a very practical, logical person, but he's like a big vision guy. He has, you know, big dreams, big vision, which is part of the reason why I'm very attracted to him. Uh, but sometimes he lacks on the old execution side of things or there's a frustration that arises in him because he wants the thing now, like today, right away. And that's pretty normal because our brain you know, our brain is really designed for that instant gratification, for that hit of dopamine. Uh, But whereas I have in pretty much most areas of my life and particularly with my training and my health and my business, I very much take this uh, long way home approach. I'm okay with it taking time. I'm okay with the slow build. I think it's kind of cool to think about, okay, what can I do today that in four years time, I'm going to see a benefit for my future self or my future vision, my future business. It's really cool. Anyway, so that's just something that I've been thinking about. Maybe you'll find it helpful. I know it can. you can feel a little frustrated when things may feel like they're taking uh, some time, but things are meant to take time. Good things, what's the saying? Good things come to those who wait. Now, I don't totally agree with that because I think good things come to those who have energy, have a plan, work hard (laughs) and are totally cool with this idea of taking the long way or having a slow build or doing something that will something. I can't believe I just said something. (laughs) Something uh, that will um, help your future vision or your future self. I actually uh, posted a, a little post inside of... Uh, our platform the other day. So Warrior School has two parts. The main part is all of the women work with me individually. So they do one-on-one coaching. So they're all on individualized training programs. They train three, four, some five times a week. Uh, And then they do coaching calls with me. So twice a month, they have uh, a 20-minute power meeting call and a 60-minute momentum call. And then there's uh, the second part of Warrior School, which is the community part. And we have this platform. And on the platform is, 
you know, there's certain spaces or channels. There's a bunch of resources and videos. That's where I host all the call and event uh, calendars, the call recordings. You know, the warriors come on and say hi and introduce themselves when they come into warrior school. We have a general words channel. And I was listening to a podcast or a snippet of a podcast uh, the other day and I heard something that I really loved. They were talking about this idea that patience is the fast route. So you know that I harp on all the time about taking the long way home. And so they were talking about how Every time you rush or race to be ahead, you actually slow the entire process down. When we are anything other than the patience or when we are anything other than, you know, being cool or practicing the long way home. Now, what they were talking about uh, and what they said was that patience doesn't have to mean slow. And I talk about this when we speak about the long way home. Just because I take the approach of the long way home, that doesn't mean that it's slow. It really just means it's actually quite efficient. Uh, If we, and I talk about this a lot when it comes to training, if you build a proper foundation, if you learn how to do a movement, a skill, uh, from scratch and you build it up following proper processes, methods, meeting standards and qualities, you will always have that. For example, because I spent years developing my pull-up, I could not do it and I have not done a pull-up for five, six, seven, eight months and I can still bang out multiple pull-ups for multiple sets because I built it properly. So yes, it can feel slow at the start. And I'll always say, and I've spoken about it many times before, that the first year is hard and it is slow. It's not until we get about nine, 12 months in when we're like, okay, yes, now I believe, now I trust the process. Yes, it's working. Uh, So patience doesn't have to mean slow. It could mean efficient. But when we build a proper foundation, when we build a powerful business from scratch, it is kind of slow because you're building it from scratch. You're not taking shortcuts. You're doing things properly. But it also means acceptance, accepting where we are right now. And so when I start to feel friction in my business, you know, wanting wanting to be there as in there as in, I don't know, we could pick a letter like X, Y or Z. <laughs> uh, but I have to come back to this place and practice acceptance, accepting where I am right now, that I am doing everything that I need to do in order to move forward Uh, in order to move the business forward, to progress. And that's really thinking, okay, well, and Alex Hormozy has a really cool quote and it's around, you know, you don't become successful by shouting affirmations in the mirror. You become successful by 
basically doing the work and getting the evidence that you say that you are who you say you are. And so it's there's this acceptance piece. Where am I at right now with my health, with my training, with my business? It just means being in touch with what's actually happening, like what's going on in my life right now, in my reality, as I've spoken about it before. And when we are anything other than the patients, we slow our journey down. So we really need to allow our uh, our body to be the leader, especially when it comes to our health and our training. We need to give her what she needs. We need to listen to her. Uh, We, you know, we need to look at where we are in our career or in our business. And basically all we can do is manage our energy. uh, So we've got energy for, for this journey, for the for I guess the journey or the route to be a little bit faster and a little bit more efficient. And so I really like that. I like the ideas that they were speaking about in the podcast, that patience really is the fast route because there are many things that are going to come up in life that can make us or can make the journey feel a little harder, a little slower Maybe we have to hang some sharp right turns. Uh, We have to pause a little bit. Uh, We get thrown off by certain conditions or different conditions that come up. But basically, stress can make this journey a lot harder. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about stress and how we can support ourselves maybe better in times of stress. So this, the idea for this uh, podcast topic or conversation that we're having today actually came from one of my warriors. Last week we were on her momentum call and she asked me, Amy, how could I support myself better during times of stress? There's a lot going on. Uh, She uh, bought into a business last year. So there's a lot of her business is really busy, work is really busy, and then she's newly engaged and they were having an engagement party uh, and there's some other stuff that was going on. Uh, A busy full life (laughs) and she was feeling extra stressed and she wanted to know how she could support herself during those times of stress when she felt a little more stressed than normal. And I love this question. So I thought, yeah, let's do a whole podcast episode on this question. And I'm going to give you the framework that we worked through on the call together to help her uh, implement during times of higher stress. So I guess we kind of need to start by talking a little bit about stress. Uh, You know, I'm, I know that you are all familiar with stress. You know, <laughs> we're all a little stressed. And I think, one, it's totally normal to be stressed. If you think of uh, the culture, the society, the environment that we live in, it's quite stressful. There's a lot going on in it. And it's not about not being stressed. It's about being able to intelligently manage that stress. You know, I've talked about before how I believe that 
the whole goal is to get more energy in, to build capacity, to build our bandwidth up so we can take on more. Take on more in a good way, you know, do things that bring us energy, bring us joy, do important work, build more relationships, train more or move more if we want, uh, reach bigger goals. So I'm a I'm a fan of the more, (laughs) the doing more. But not the doing more that leaks a lot of energy out of us or creates more stress. So let's get. Let's get a little clear on what stress is. Then I'm going to talk to you about my red umbrella analogy that I've spoken about before on the podcast. Not for a long time, I don't think. And I just love her. I love this analogy or this idea. I think it can be really helpful when we're thinking about stress. So stress really, of course, I went to the Googles. Uh, I just wanted to see their definition. And the Googles said... Stress is a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances. So the word stress is used in physics to refer to the interaction between a force and the resistance to counter that force, which I also like. Uh, Yeah, I like the physics kind of definition or how they reference. So think about this interaction between a force or a stressor and the resistance to counter that force. So when I read that, I think, okay, we've got this interaction between, you know, a stressor that could be internal or external. Often they're coming from an external source and then to help us counter that force or that stressor, we've got to provide some kind of armor or resistance or we've got to build capacity or tolerance uh, to handle that force placed upon us. So the force is not bad. It's just that can we counter that? Then uh, kind of like the godfather uh, or the grandfather of stress, Hans uh, Selye, first really termed uh, the idea of stress as a non-specific response of the body to any demand. And basically what happens is that stress is what occurs when the demand exceeds our capacity. So we, the body gets stressed, which is again, totally normal. And we'll talk about acute and chronic stress in a second, but basically it's going to happen when the demand being placed on the body exceeds the body's capacity or resources. So some other work by, you know, some other grandfathers, fathers, godfathers of stress, they really talk about it as this idea of an equilibrium or a homeostasis and that It's constantly challenged by internal and external effects. Uh, So we can term these stresses. So basically the body really wants to be in this uh, homeostasis or this equilibrium. We want to feel, and I like to think of it kind of feeling balanced or centered. uh, And that's really the body being in homeostasis or equilibrium. And basically 
we can define stress as a state in which homeostasis is threatened by real or perceived stresses. And that's another important piece about stress. They can be real stresses or we can perceive them to be stressful. Uh, So sometimes it's a perception thing. So then the work or the goal really becomes about trying to maintain homeostasis or equilibrium or getting back to that state uh, in a good amount of time (laughs) so we don't spend a long time out of homeostasis or equilibrium. And those that have experienced like chronic states of stress know what it feels like to feel Um, off kilter yeah so the way that I love to talk about it is this idea of a red umbrella now it's red because when I was thinking about this was like four years ago when I was uh, starting to create warrior school and thinking about the pillars that I wanted to have inside of warrior school uh I was also doing a lot of stuff around the cycle, female physiology. And one day I was walking up to my physiotherapy appointment and I saw a bunch of red umbrellas and red caught my eye because I don't know, there's just something about seeing a red umbrella on a gloomy gray day. And it goes with the cycle, with the period stuff. And then I was just thinking about this idea of an umbrella. Like, what is an umbrella's role? Well, it's to keep you dry. (laughs) But I was like, how does it do that? Okay, so we have this like this shell. So the actual fabric material of the umbrella. And then we have all of these prongs that kind of come together. And those prongs give the umbrella its shape. Uh, They allow it to do its job. Now, if one or more of those prongs isn't working, then that affects the umbrella. It affects the umbrella's uh, role. It can't really do its job that well. You know what it's like to try (laughs) and use an umbrella that the prongs aren't working or they won't straighten and they're broken. (laughs) It's really frustrating and it doesn't really keep you dry. So it can't really do its job. So then I thought, okay. Like our we are or our nervous system is the umbrella. It's the material stuff, the shell uh, that goes over the top. And we have all of these prongs. And if one or more of those prongs isn't working right, it's going to affect our nervous system. It's going to affect the state of our body our physiology, how healthy our body is, how well it functions. And if you think of your prongs, we have uh, food, sleep, our environment, relationships, uh, uh, training, you know, everything that in everything that's in your life is a prong. Now, if one or more of those things aren't working right or optimally, it's going to impact the state of your nervous system. So if the prongs aren't working, there's some kind of stress that's happening. 
all we could think of, okay, there's a really big thunderstorm (laughs) and there's like rain and lightning and wind. It's kind of like being in Melbourne on a stormy, rainy day. Not only is it raining, but there's this wind. And so the umbrella is kind of like going everywhere, can get turned inside out, can get broken. So the storm or the rain or the wind are external stresses that are placing force or demand on the umbrella. Now, if that umbrella is quite big, quite robust, uh, has very strong prongs and they're not broken, that umbrella is probably going to be able to handle some of those demands uh, placed on it, especially for short amount of time short amount of time. Now, if we have a smaller umbrella that is fragile, that doesn't have strong prongs, maybe two or three are broken and aren't working right, and we step out into this stormy, wet, windy weather uh, in Melbourne, for some reason, that's where we are. Well, it ain't going to go that well. (laughs) we might not last long out there that umbrella really might get ruined uh, by those the external um, conditions placed on it and that's kind of like what your nervous system is when we have a strong robust nervous system when we've got strong biofeedback when all of our prongs are working uh, pretty well or optimally we can handle those external stresses. We can handle the, the storms. <laughs> Are you with me? Yeah. Do you like it? I really like it. I think it can be really helpful uh, because th- this stress stuff can be really sciencey. We're not going to get super sciencey today, but just think about yourself. You're an umbrella and there's going to be external things that happen in life, conditions that will create stress that will place demand or force on your umbrella. The bigger the umbrella, the more robust. And if all the prongs are working right, you have essentially a higher resilience or tolerance to stress, or you potentially could bounce back from that stress. Now we've got acute stresses and chronic stresses. So acute you know, there are certain things that can definitely come up with acute stresses. So these are just short, um, short stresses. They don't last for that long. Again, stress is normal. It's normal for our body to go into uh, fight or flight freeze mode. It just is not normal for it to stay there for a long period of time, which is where the chronic stress comes in. So the acute stress stuff is really associated with quite a number of things. Uh, Pain, indigestion, so diarrhea, constipation, a lot of GI stuff can come up from acute stress. So acute stress might be, all right, I, so inconfidently ever after, uh, The second half of the event, the whole event is about confidence. In the second half of the event, after lunch, uh, the warriors do acts of confidence. And one of the acts of confidence is that they, I don't really want to give too much away because I still got two more events to run. But one of the acts of confidence is that they have to get up and speak about their confidently ever after. Now, for a lot of us, 
public speaking is stressful. <laughs> it's really stress. It's really scary. So that would be an example of a, an acute stress. So there is a reaction that's happening in the body. The body's getting flooded with all of these amazing hormones, uh, adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol. And before we think about stepping up on the stage uh, to talk in front of a group of people. So we can start to experience maybe nausea. Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever experienced like bowel changes. So I know there's been times where uh, before I've gone into a really stressful situation or experience performance that I sometimes get diarrhea. So often GI stuff really comes up with acute stress, uh, migraines, headaches, uh, uh, hypersensitivity, irritability, asthma, uh, eczema, psoriasis, um, even, uh, you know, panic attacks. Uh, these all things, all things that can present in acute uh, stress episodes. Then we've got chronic stress, which is stress over a really long period of time. And there's so much research uh, on chronic stress and it's linked to, you know, a lot of disorders or diseases, like including a lot of mental health stuff, uh, anxiety, depression, uh, you know, diseases such as Alzheimer's disease, uh, cardiovascular disease, metabolic disorders. So metabolic syndrome or type 2 diabetes or a lot of blood sugar regulation stuff, sleep disorders, uh, and even cancer, they've linked chronic stress to. So think about chronic stress as a long period of time where the body or the system or the umbrella is exposed to these stresses or these stress hormones. And Think about being out in that storm with that umbrella. It might be okay to walk to your car or walk to work um, or even to go out for a walk for an hour or two uh, or a more robust one might be able to last for the day if you're out and about. But if we don't have a robust umbrella and some of the prongs are broken, we might not even last an hour out there in the storm. We can also think of it as, okay, there are certain things that bring energy in to our umbrella or to our prongs or to our systems, and there are certain things that leak energy out of us. And what the, the work that we need to do is to balance the energy in and the energy out, so or the energy leaks. Uh, and this is a lot of the stuff that we do in warrior school, especially at the start when we're trying to get more energy in. All of us want more energy. Yeah, we, we want to have this like abundant amount of energy and feel vibrant and be able to do everything that we want to do in a day. Like that's one of my goals is I want so much energy so I can do all of the cool things that I want to do in my life. So when I think about it like that and I think about my umbrella Part of the work on how do I manage stress is, well, one, looking at your umbrella, looking at the state of your umbrella. So this would be looking at, is your body healthy? Is it functioning well? And what we look at is, well, one of the main things that we look at are our biomarkers. So that biofeedback. 
So we're looking at uh, temp and pulse. We're looking at appetite, mood, sleep, our cycle, uh, GI stuff, our sex drive. Uh, As Josh and Jeannie from Real Food Gangsters say, are you happy, hungry and horny? The three H's. We want to get a sense of what's the state of my umbrella right now. You know, are there are there biomarkers or prongs that are telling me that my body is stressed? Uh, because we can have there's two sides of it. We can have perceived stress where we f- we feel stressed. We're perceiving that we're stressed, and then we can have okay objectively. What's actually going on with the data? What's the actual state of my body? Or we could flip it. A lot of women that I talk to are like, "Mm, I'm not that stressed. Like I'm not stressed. And you ask them about their biofeedback and they've got all of these like orange or red uh, (laughs) lights next to a lot of their biofeedback instead of green ticks. And so their body is telling them that they're stressed, even though their mind or their story is saying that they're not stressed. So that's the first, the first thing that we need to do is create awareness around, okay, am I perceiving this thing to be stressful? Is my body telling me that I'm stressed? What's the state of my umbrella? What is my biofeedback, my biomarkers telling me right now? So you can pause and you can you can look at them right now. So we've got, well, maybe you can't take your temp and pulse right now, but you can take your waking temp and pulse. You can check in with your appetite. Are you hungry upon waking? And then do you get hungry every three or four hours over the day? What is your mood like over the day? What is your energy like over the day? Uh, what is your what was your last cycle or last three cycles like? Did they arrive regularly on time, mostly without symptoms? Uh, what's your sex drive like? Uh, what is your digestive system like? How are your bowels? Are they good? Are they beautiful poos? Uh, so take yeah, take inventory, just have a check-in around. You might feel okay that you're not stressed, but the body might be telling you a different story. And as I will say, the body is the boss. Yeah, the body leads us. And so we need to listen to the body. So that's the first step. And that's what I did with Nikita. The first step of the framework was, okay, let's identify uh, how the body is right now. Let's take inventory on your biomarkers. Let's check in with all of those, your biofeedback. And then the second step was, all right, well, let's identify all of the leaks. So what's actually leaking energy? What's actually creating stress in your life? What prong is it? Is it your work prong? Is it your financial prong? Is it a relationship prong? Uh, Is it, are you overtraining? Uh, Are you not eating enough? Uh, Is it your sleep prong? So we need to identify what prong or prongs aren't functioning or working well. And yes, we could potentially dive into why. (laughs) Uh, Nikita and I didn't go deep into why. Uh, We would just identify it. Okay, 
So she was finding it harder to get to sleep and she was waking up during the night. There was also a lot going on with work. And so that was leaking a lot of energy. And then she had a lot of relationship or family things going on or coming up, which was requiring a lot of energy or leaking energy. Now, leaking energy doesn't mean it has to be. It's not negative. It's just that. So, for example, me doing a whole podcast day that can leak energy out of me. Like I am on and I'm talking and I'm presenting. And if I do multiple of those, that's leaking energy. Now, it's not a negative thing. It just is what it is. And so, yes, over time, over the four years, I've built more capacity to do one, two, three, four, you know, podcasts in a day if I want or to bring more energy or to recover better from these days Uh, which is what we really want. But when I say leaking, I don't mean it in negative terms. It's just that we do things in life that use energy. And so going to work, preparing for a big presentation, uh, recording a podcast, training, all of these things are leaking or using energy. And so So identifying, okay, well, where am I leaking or using the most energy? And is that okay with me? Do I actually want to be leaking energy from this thing? Or would I prefer if, you know, prefer to plug that and then, you know, be able to use my energy for something else, uh, which can be a whole nother, (laughs) a whole nother conversation. So the second step is identify your leaks, identify the prongs that aren't working right. So for example, maybe we could look at your sleep, that you're not getting enough sleep or you're having trouble getting to sleep or you're waking up. So that could be a really big energy leak for you that could be creating stress and if we don't sleep, our optimal amount of sleep, that makes it really hard for us to deal with all of these other stresses in our lives. So we could say sleep and then maybe there is a lot going on in a certain relationship in your life and that's also leaking a lot of energy. So now we've identified them. Now we want to really look at, okay, can I change one of these things or can I plug one of these things right now? Or do I have a, you know, a plan or a strategy to yeah plug the plug the leak so I'm not leaking all this energy out. Now often we can't just turn these things off like a tap. Uh, these certain things like sleeping better or working on this relationship take a longer amount of time, which also means that they do take uh, more energy from us. So what we really need to look at is okay. What can I control? What can I bring in that can help me uh, deal with the stress, manage the stress, especially if I'm trying to work on things that are going to take a longer time to plug or to strengthen? And so we've got top five. There's top, there's like five things that are in your control that you can do to help you bring energy in that are going to strengthen your umbrella and give you the the energy, the time, the resources to help you 
do the work in other prongs if you need to. So number one, are you eating enough food? Are you eating enough food? Food, what's food for? Well, food is to give ourselves cells energy. So when we eat food, basically we can think of the metabolism as the bridge that turns that food into energy on a cellular level. So are we eating enough food? And then we could go deeper on that. Like, are we eating frequently? Are we eating within 30 to 60 minutes of waking up? Are we balancing our meals and snacks? I've spoken about this before. So that's number one is, are you actually nourishing your body? Are you eating enough? Because food gives you energy on a cellular level. Number two is, are you sleeping? So for example, the example I just gave was, okay, my sleeping prong is a bit broken. So here the answer would be like, no, I'm not sleeping my optimal amount. So then we could create um, a whole plan or a whole strategy around the sleep because it's the top five. I believe it's in the top five. We need to sleep. We need an optimal amount of sleep. Now that might be seven hours for some, it might be eight or nine for others. I work with a lot of mums and sometimes we can't get our optimal amount of sleep, especially when our little humans are young. I totally get that. Uh, But I did a good podcast with Nikki Hursthouse on uh, how we can thrive as a busy modern woman. And one thing that she spoke about towards the end of her podcast was how she prioritized herself after having her daughter and she had to have a nap every day. She had to exercise, move her body and have a nap. And that was her priority. So there's definitely things that we can do, uh, but it's a lot harder when we have small humans. So the second one is sleep. We need to sleep our optimal amount of sleep. Now in times of stress, we might need to sleep more. So when I was competing in Olympic weightlifting and my training load and volume was really, really, really high, like I was training three or four hours a day, six days a week, I would have to have a nap every afternoon. So after lunch, I had a nap and that nap was like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes every day on top of my seven and a half, eight hours that I slept every night. So in times of stress, sometimes the body just needs a little bit more food, a little bit more sleep, and that's it. That's enough to help us manage the stress. It sounds really simple, but those two things are so powerful. Can you sleep a little bit more? Can you eat a little bit more? Then the third would be sunlight. So are you getting sunlight? Are you seeing sunshine in your eyes in the morning? Are you getting out in the sun? The fourth would be walking and moving. So are you getting outside and walking? Are you moving your body? It's crazy. One of the first things that goes for a lot of women is their training. And training actually helps us manage stress. And there's quite a lot of research around that, that Moving your body 
And yes, maybe we can't go in and smash out our workout as it was planned or programmed. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but it shouldn't be one of the first things to go uh, because it's going to help you manage stress. We just might need to adapt or modify the training or the moving based on how much energy we have, how much sleep we're getting, how resilient we feel. Then the fifth one would be breathing. There's quite a lot of um, research around using the breath, certain breathing techniques, especially in acute stress episodes uh, to really help calm the nervous system down. It's huge in meditation, in yoga. Uh, There's a lot of really cool practices out there. We're not going to go into them today. Uh, Huberman, I believe, has some cool podcast episodes on stress tools for stress. And I believe he talks about breathing. Uh, And so the breath is another thing that you can use, bringing attention to the breath, nasal breathing, doing certain exhales. So those top five things are where we want to start when we are feeling stress or in times of higher stress, we always want to come back to, am I eating enough food? Am I getting enough protein? Am I balancing my meals? Am I eating frequently? Potentially, I might need to eat a little bit more, especially if I'm in the second phase of my cycle. Then what's my sleep doing? What is my sleep hygiene doing? Am I getting enough sleep? Why aren't I sleeping well? Uh, Then we want sunlight, walking and moving and breathing. Now, if you're like Amy, I got all those under control. I know I'm eating enough. I'm sleeping, you know, seven, eight hours, my optimal amount or what I can get. I'm getting sunlight. I'm walking. I'm moving. I'm breathing. And I still feel a bit stressed or my body's still a little bit stressed or I'm going to come into a time of higher stress. Like I know that's coming. So how can I prepare myself for that? Basically, how can I get more support in? So there are, you know, we could look at supplements. Now, there are some foundational key supplements that I take pretty much every day uh, to support my foundation and to support my body, my physiology, my nervous system. And there are certain supplements that I get my warriors to take. Now, again, when it comes to supplements and medication, you got to check in with your higher power, (laughs) your GP. Uh, I'm not prescribing this. This is just what works for me, what I found that works for other women inside of warrior school. But I'm just popping a hot, hot disclaimer there that this is not a prescription. Uh, So I take magnesium. Uh, There's actually quite a bit of research. Well, not quite a bit. There's, you know, there's some, some research out there. Uh, that really is is looking at uh, micronutrients and how they can be depleted in times of stress. And we won't go into that today, but uh, so some big ones are magnesium, zinc, B vitamins, uh, vitamin D, calcium, sodium. Uh, we can leach or yeah, leach more out of us during times of stress. So we really want to be looking at our minerals and our electrolytes, um, like drinking some electrolytes to help us bring in um, micronutrients or 
minerals. Uh, but I'll talk about that in a second. So supplements that I use, I use magnesium. I take liver from Saturay uh, every day. So beef liver, I take oyster, which is also from Saturay, or I go down and once a week, I try and have fresh oysters. Sometimes I'll take an adaptogen, so ashwagandha uh, or another adaptogen that can help the body adapt to stress. Uh, I do cycles of taking theanine or L-theanine. So uh, theanine and ashwagandha can be helpful in reducing stress. Basically, they're an adaptogen. They can help us adapt to stress uh, and they can help reduce sleep issues, uh, chronic stress, anxiety by really they work on GABA. Um, and they reduce cortisol levels, uh, respectively. So L-theanine works on GABA, ashwagandha works on reducing cortisol levels, but we really should only be using them during times of chronic stress in appropriate dosages. Uh, we really want to look at those five foundational things and then use the supplements, uh, well, things like L-theanine and ashwagandha uh, during times of stress. I think that we all should be taking magnesium, liver, uh, oyster all the time on a daily basis. Uh, a lot of us are very low in magnesium. We're low in vitamin A, which we get from liver, and we're low in zinc, which comes from things like oysters. So I take those three every day. Then I use uh, an adaptogen or L-theanine uh, in cycles or during times of chronic stress. So we can all we can always create a supplement protocol to use during times of stress. Then we could look at things like bringing in an adrenal cocktail. So Josh and Jeannie from Real Food Gangsters talk about this a lot, uh, having it at 10 and 2 or 10 and 3. So those times of higher stress and drinking that adrenal cocktail to help support our adrenals. We could look at taking electrolytes. So if we are stressed, especially if we're doing more of physical exertion, so training more or training harder, uh, we want to replenish uh, our electrolytes. We want to get those minerals back in. So I use Element. I'm a massive fan. I notice a really big difference in my energy and my hydration. A lot of the women in Warrior School also have are on Element and they notice a massive difference. That's by uh, Rob Wolf. Uh, so that's got magnesium, potassium, and sodium. But your adrenal cocktail's got fresh orange juice and coconut water. So that will give you uh, some minerals. The other one is you could, uh, it's actually to do with your eyes. So widening your view from tunnel vision to a panoramic vision can really calm the mind and release stress um, and release stress response in, in the brain. So finding, you know, that's why you feel a lot calmer at the ocean. Yes, there's ions coming out of the water, but it's looking at that panoramic vision, looking at the horizon that actually can really calm the mind down. So getting outside, getting away from your phone, uh, away from that kind of tunnel vision, uh, being out in nature, wide open spaces, blue skies, the ocean can help calm the mind down. And then the last one would be social connection. That's crucial. Now, for some people, a lot of social connection can actually create more stress. Uh, 
but for others, they really get fed by it. But some type of social connection, connection relating with other humans definitely helps us, uh, especially in times of stress. If we're going through quite a lot of emotional um, or mental stress, you know, having a girlfriend there or having a friend there or having people at your table uh, that you can connect with and speak with uh, is crucial. Okay, so you've got your five key things that you need to always check in with. If you are stressed, if you're noticing that you're not dealing with the stress that well, or you're coming into higher times of stress, you've always got to come back to Am I eating enough? What am I doing with my food? What am I doing with my sleep? What's my sleep hygiene like? Am I getting sunlight? Am I walking and moving? And I could bring in some breathing practices. Then you could look at more support. So certain supplements, your adrenal cocktails, your electrolytes, uh, getting outside, viewing, you know, different things, nature, the ocean, social connection. Then how would you change your training during times of stress? As I said, you know, I really believe that it shouldn't be a thing that goes during times of stress. It actually really helps the mind and the body manage and deal with stress. It helps with, you know, blood sugar regulation control. It helps with our mood. It helps with our appetite. It really helps with a lot of our biofeedback. Now, of course, if we're depleted, and we're really stressed, and we're not eating enough, and we're not sleeping, training really hard is not a great thing to do. (laughs) So uh, there are ways that you could look at modifying it uh, based on, for example, I did my podcast sprint. So that was 13 podcast episodes in 16 days on top of all of my other stuff that I was doing. Now, I didn't train as much or as hard because those two weeks were really big weeks. I really focused on eating enough, sleeping. I got out in nature and actually did more hikes or trail runs uh, in the mountains. And then I didn't train as much in the gym and I didn't lift as heavy. So that's how I modified uh, my training during that time of, of stress. Now, it was a good stressor, but it was still a lot for my body it demanded a little bit more or it leaked a bit more energy out of me one thing I really do with my warriors is so we all will go through those five things then we look at okay how can we get some more support Uh, and then the third thing is we could we would look at the training I really don't want to take that away and it's really important but if we need to modify the training One thing that we can do is reduce the training volume. So that could be the days. So the amount of times during the week that you're training. Maybe if you've got a really stressful couple of weeks, you don't train four times, you train two. Or if you're training three, you know, maybe you only train two. Uh, Or we could change what you're doing. So you could do uh, a couple of key strength sessions and then maybe a couple of zone two sessions. The body tends to... Tolerate quite well zone two. Remember zone two is going to bring, help your mitochondria. So help your energy. Uh, It gets your heart moving. It, you know, it really removes stagnation in the body. It's really nice for the body just to sweat a little bit and get warm. It can help, um, you know, it can help clear the mind. Uh, And so we could potentially replace some of those harder, more intense sessions 
with more recovery-based zone two flexibility, mobility work, uh, we could reduce the volume and the intensity of the session. So you could keep the amount during the week, but we could reduce the amount that you're doing in the session. So we could shorten the sessions, shorten the sets, the reps. Uh, We could potentially uh, reduce the intensity if it's quite heavy uh, and you feel like you just don't have it in you because you're not sleeping uh, as well. And so you feel like you can't recover. So we could play around with with the actual session structure. Uh, We could increase rest times. We could increase uh, days between sessions. there's a, a multitude of things that we could do and that will depend on the, each, each woman that I'm working with. Uh, it would depend on the type of stressor, acute, chronic. It would depend on the state of her body, uh, what's her biofeedback telling us. Uh, and then we would then modify the training. But, you know, I would, I highly recommend or I invite you to keep her in. And if you need, potentially reduce the amount that you're training during the week or that week, um, you could replace some of those sessions with more recovery sessions, or you could then reduce the actual session length, volume, and intensity. Uh, but train, still train. It will help you. It'll help your mind and body out a lot. Uh, okay, hopefully you found that helpful. Uh, if you have any questions, just holler, holler at me and. Happy Wednesday. Okay, bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.